The gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51, and can be found on page 1647 in the Pew Bible. John 1, 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. As we continue in the season of Epiphany, we find that today both the Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading deal with a special kind of Epiphany the epiphany of God to his people. In both of these readings, God is calling specific people to serve him. Now, the Old Testament reading tells of Samuel. And as Ken pointed out, we know that Samuel grew up in and around the tabernacle. That is the tent a tent where God decided to show his presence to his people. Now, at the time uh, in his life, when most modern-day parents would be looking for preschool, Samuel's mother had brought him to the tabernacle and apprenticed him to Eli, who was the high priest. And Samuel was to live his entire life dedicated to the service of the Lord. 
The reading tells us that Samuel was still a boy when the Lord came to him. It also tells us that the Lord came and stood. This indicates that the Lord's epiphany to Samuel was in the form of an objective, physical presence of some sort. The Lord appeared to Samuel as a real, physical presence who had real, physical words, words of judgment for Samuel to proclaim to Israel and Eli. This epiphany of God to Samuel was the call to be the last judge of Israel. And as Ken pointed out correctly as well, he was to be the prophet who anointed both Saul and David as kings of Israel. Now, today's gospel tells us of Jesus giving an epiphany of himself to the first disciples. He is calling them to follow him. Today's reading deals primarily with the call of Philip and Nathaniel, who was also known as Bartholomew. A general overview of today's reading shows Jesus calling Philip, who in turn called Nathaniel. Now, the gospel narrative is very careful to tell us that it is Jesus who does the calling. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Now, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John makes it very clear that Jesus found Philip. Here is an invitation from God himself. There was no intermediary. The words go directly from God's mouth to Philip's ears, and that is a direct call from God. Now, God's call to Nathaniel is just as valid. It's just as valid. This is still an invitation from God himself, but this time, God issued his call through his servant, Philip. Today's gospel clearly says that Philip found Nathanael. And then he said to him, We have found him of who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, this is an indirect call because God used a go-between to call Nathanael. This indirect call is the way that God calls his people today. 
I'll be honest with you. If I were God, I surely would not choose a sinner like me to tell others about his salvation. If I were God, I would not rely on fallible human beings to confess their faith to others. And as you know, and I know, regardless of what God does, I am not God. And God has ordained that we proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. And he has determined, God has determined to work through that proclamation to bring salvation to all of humanity. And he works through his word as we read it. He works through his word as it is preached. And he works through his word by that sharing of his word by his people. He also works through his sacraments. As the church administrates them, administers them through his called and ordained servants of Christ. As Martin Luther says in the explanation of the third article, he writes in quote, the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel. And it has been a long time, a long, long time since God has shown himself in physical form as he did to Samuel, to Philip, and Nathaniel. But the call that God extends from one soul to another happens continuously. He's still calling, and he's still speaking to us through his word and through his sacraments and through his followers. Now, one thing that is consistent about all calls from God, whether they are direct or indirect, is that the call is from God. It is God who calls us. Now, we may search for God, but we will not find him. It is always God who finds us. A professor in my seminary used to remind me, Ken, who's chasing who? He pursued you. He pursues me. Now look at Samuel, for example. The text tells us that he was sleeping in the temple with the Ark of the Covenant. Now, <laughs> you would think that anyone who did that would know when the Lord was talking to him. However, when the Lord called, Samuel thought it was Eli, the priest, and he, he didn't find the Lord. The Lord found him. And if we look at Philip, Philip lived in Bethsaida. 
And if we were to look at a map, we would see that Bethsaida is really not that far from Nazareth. And Philip had lived his entire life just a few miles from the Messiah. And his remarks to Nathaniel tell us that he even knew that Moses and the prophets had pointed forward to the Messiah. So he was looking for the Messiah, and the Messiah was just about 12-ish miles away from him over there in Nazareth. He's just in the next town. The truth is, Philip didn't find Jesus, but Jesus found him. You see, ever since Adam and Eve, when they ran away and tried to hide from God in Eden, mankind has run away whenever the true God has approached them. At best, we think the things of God are there to make our lives miserable and boring. But it is more likely that we think God is out to punish and torture us. And we are terrified of him. And so we flee from his presence. Now why do we flee from the gracious hand of our creator? We flee because deep down inside we know who we are. And while we are with others to, you know, who are, are like us, we, we draw comfort in the fact that we are more or less about as good as all of the people around us. Paul's epistle touched on that. And we can go into denial about our sin. We can, we can delude ourselves into thinking that, eh, we're not all that bad <laughs> after all. Well, turn on the TV. <laughs> Look at that guy, right? We get comfortable we get comfortable in our own moral degeneration because the world around us is about as, well, it's about as degenerate as we are. On the other hand, when God comes into our lives, we see the filth in which we live. We have eyes to see the lies and the gossip, and the hatred. We've been given eyes to see how our minds and our eyes have been unfaithful to our spouses, and how our eyes and our minds have been unfaithful to God. The contrast between our sin and God's holiness is absolutely terrifying. So when we look for God, we look for a little g-god. When we look for God, we look for a little g-god made in our own image that measures up to our expectations. We look for a little g-god who makes us comfortable. 
We can search and search and search, but we will never find the true God because we are looking for a little g God made after our own image instead of the holy God who is neither made nor created. And that is the reason that our salvation depends on God coming to us, coming to find us, coming to speak to us, come and see. It is he who searches for us as a shepherd who searches for his lost sheep. It is he who came down to us in order that he might take us up with him. It is he, the one who did not come to punish us for our guilt, but to take the punishment for our guilt onto himself. He did not come to let us fester in our sin, but to defeat that sin by taking it to the cross and nailing it there for us. He did not come to proclaim our eternal punishment, but to proclaim our eternal salvation through his resurrection from the dead. You see, God came to Philip in the person of Jesus Christ. And through Philip, he came to Nathanael. And Philip and Nathanael and the other disciples would witness all that Christ taught and did as he earned forgiveness for the sins of the world. And God inspired them to write down their experiences. And we have their witness in God's Word in the Holy Bible. And now God comes to us as we read, as we consider and discuss and preach and hear his word. And it is through that holy word that the Holy Spirit works to produce faith in us. And the faith, that faith that receives forgiveness and life and salvation from the God, from the God that calls us to be his own, who adopts us as daughters and as sons and gives us the power to be his children and to live with him in eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.